turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. I'm your co-host of Brother Jams. Welcome to our show. Every week we talk about a half-forgotten old kids show you feel like only you remember. We've got a real treat for you this week. This week we're doing Flint the Time Detective. But before we get into that, we have our first segment of the show... What's new Scooby-Doo, where we talk about any new media or cartoons or whatever we've been ingesting and liking. Mel, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? I watched something new today. Uh, I got to spend the day with our older brother, with our niece, who's four. And they showed me a favorite cartoon in their household, which is called Bluey. This is a cartoon on... You've seen this? Bluey is really good. (laughs) Bluey was delightful. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, It's produced out of Australia, and it's about this little family of Australian dogs, and they're all like little eight-minute episodes, so there's like 50-something of them. And it's just about this little family, you know, these parents and these these two little girls playing with each other. It's just about make-believe and pretend. Hmm. It It was very cute. I've seen a lot of Bluey on TikTok, actually. Because a lot wow. of people are, are talking about how emotionally mature the show is and how good of, like, current lessons it teaches about, like, parents mm-hmm. being, like, sometimes parents have done the wrong thing and you need to apologize to their kids. Or sometimes we need to talk about really serious topics and this is how you can do it. Apparently Bluey mm-hmm. is, like, very good for that kind of stuff. Yeah. We watched an episode where uh, the two old girls are playing old ladies, which is adorable. And the younger daughter, uh, she's learned how to floss, how to do the floss dance, and she wants to do that. And the, and, and the Bluey, the older sister, the little sister's name is Bingo. Bluey's like, old ladies don't floss. They don't do that. You have to play properly. You have to do what old ladies do. And Bingo's like, no, I bet you old ladies do floss. And they call their, they call their <laughs> Nana on a tablet. And they're like, Nana, do you know how to floss? And she's like, oh, no, no, I don't. And then Bingo's upset that, that Bluey was holding this over her, that she was wrong. And then Bluey writes the situation by calling Nana back and teaching her how to floss so that Bingo will be right now. Wow. <laughs> She'll feel better. <laughs> and that was a very sweet story to be so topical also. I feel like sometimes yeah. when you have like kids media that's trying to hit like the kid trend of the moment, it can feel a little tacky but that was so sweet yeah that that episode must have been sponsored by Fortnite, from the sounds of it i don't know i don't think they play video games but they do just have like a cute little tablet where they can call their grandma and the grandma can't like figure out where to hold the phone so you can see her (laughs) yeah that's awesome uh it's been a couple weeks since we recorded so i have a few things I'll just Aha. kind of run through them real quick. Uh, one, Loki. Go go watch Loki. Go ah. go watch Loki. <laughs> That's the inspiration for today's episode. We're, as we really? record this, we've seen four episodes out of the six of Loki. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got to keep this train going. Let's watch a time travel cartoon. Oh, That's we'll get nice. to that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watch Loki. I watched all of the Digimon Tri movies. And oh. 
Digimon Last Evolution Kazuna, which is like the last ending, at least for Ty and Matt. Uh, mm. and, it, and it was nice to finally get an end for them uh, before nice. the show got like a Digimon Adventure 1 like reboot. Um, but yeah. How old did they get to get? Uh, I think they were like, like late college figuring out what they want to do. Like perfect. At that point, Joe was like a medical student and like doing like his <gasps> like his like in not internship but like his like live in residency. Not, residency, not even live in. Don't live at the, at the hospital while you work there. That's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe he does. Doctors Joe takes crazy. his job very seriously. He does. Uh, but yeah, I uh, if you want to watch them, I'll, I'll, I'll loan them to you. Um, but yeah, uh, two more things. Uh, okay. I, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I've never played ah. it before. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, finally getting into it. And I've been playing it for like two days straight. Uh, mm. Loving Dangerous. that. And finally, uh, today, I also watched something new. I watched Luca for the first time. Aha! Which was very wholesome and very sweet. Nice. I, I, I wanted to watch Luca. I wanted to, I thought our mom might like it. So mm-hmm. I called mom and I'm like, hey, I'm going to head over to the house, do some laundry. And I was going to be like, do you want to watch Luca with me? But she's like, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, you're welcome to come over. I'm in the car with your dad. We're going on a road trip for a week. <laughs> oh, did you call her on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, okay, so we knew our dad was going on a road trip with a buddy. And like, it wasn't, you know, mom was like, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll won't. And I thought she would stay home. So I was like, oh, cool. I get to spend the day with mom. And then mom's like, no, I'm in Texas right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, then I didn't think about Luca anymore. <laughs> That's fair. It's it's on Disney Plus and you don't have to pay for it. It's it's uh, yeah. It's just one of those straights of Disney Plus ones. And it's it's really good. Really wholesome. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm certain I'll watch it soon. Mom's back. Mom's back. Time for Luca. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's my that's my two weeks worth of what's new Scooby Doo. Um, nice. But yeah, let's talk about Flint the Time Detective. Yes, this is a show that I was obsessed with when it was mm-hmm. airing. I think you yes. watched it with me a fair yeah. amount of the time, but I was like, this was my world when I was in like fourth grade. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with this show, and uh. Looking back on it, I realized how few individual episodes I remember anymore. I remember the premise, all the characters, assorted moments. I was looking at the episode list, couldn't tell you what most of them were. <laughs> and looking at the length of the show, this aired for one year. It's not a long show. So this was just like a candle that burned very brightly for me in the calendar year of 2000. And then it just sort of faded away because it wasn't on every week perpetually like Pokemon was. Yeah, it it ran for reruns for a while, but only for maybe another year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy that you uh, recommended Flint the Time Detective. This was something we recorded lots and lots of tapes of. And yes. when tapes were no longer a thing, we just kind of stopped watching it. So this was a nice way to look back on the show that we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Do you want to get into the facts? Yeah. Let's fact. do some facts. Fact time. Fact time. <laughs> we got to we gotta have a name for this segment. We got to have a jingle. Uh, I always just ask you, are you ready for the facts? So we can go <laughs> What do you that. do if I'm not? 
uh, we stop the podcast. The episode ends. <laughs> it's just a short one this week. You come back whenever I'm ready. Yeah, Maybe exactly. it takes me a couple weeks. It's a lot to prepare for emotionally. It's two months later, and you're finally ready for the facts. <laughs> uh, I'm here yeah. to face the truth. Let's talk about the facts. All right. Uh-huh. Name of the show, Flint the Time Detective. Pretty easy. Uh, not so easy. Created by. A lot of TV shows right now do a created by. They don't. They mm-hmm. didn't do that very much for like yeah. early in like the two thousands. So I'm just gonna read you the writers for the manga and the anime TV show. It just says anime TV series. The anime. Um, yeah. It was the manga was written by Hideki Sonoda uh, and Akira Yamauchi. I I may butcher some of these. The anime was written by uh, Fumihiko Sh- uh, Shimo, Hideki Sonoda. Junko Okazaki and Rutsuko uh, Hayasaka. Uh, There were 39 episodes in total. It ran in Japan uh, from 1998 to 1999. Production company was Group TAC. The original channel was TV Tokyo. The adaptations for this anime were just the anime. It was adapted from a manga, and that's it. Uh, Not a lot of merch. Not a lot of merch. A however, that... however, this uh, Flint the Time Detective is owned by uh, the company that owns Hello Kitty. So oh. may- maybe merch in Japan and we don't know about it? I don't know. Oh, my God. You think I'd make those time shifters into little, little merchandise. I want to go to Sanrio land and I want to buy a little Bindi doll. I hope, they, I hope those exist. Uh, notable <laughs> voice actors. Uh, pretty much mm. see Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these actors are just also on Digimon. Um, and I don't think I picked up on that right away. I remember our older brother who, uh, this was maybe the year he moved out of our parents' house or like mm-hmm. maybe even shortly afterwards when the show was airing. He, he wouldn't like watch it with us. He'd just be around when it was on and he was the one who pointed out Hey, you know that Flint the Time Detective sounds like that bug from Digimon? I'm like, oh my god, that is Tentamon. It's the same guy. Uh, yeah, he does uh, Gomamon. Uh, Gomamon, okay. Yeah. Uh, Terry might, do, might be Tentamon, but I didn't look up Terry. Uh, but yeah, notable voice actors. That's it, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, notable voice actors for the voice of Flint the Time Detective. We have R. Martin Klein, who voices Flint, uh, Flint Hammerhead. Uh, for the voice of Might, of Dino and Might, uh, we have David Lodge, uh, who you may know, come on, I preload these tabs, who you may know as Jiraiya from, from Naruto. Uh, I don't, but thank you. Someone out there might. Uh, the voice of Dino Fisher, I think it's like, he has a full name, like Dino Fisherman. Um, he is, uh, Dr. Neo Cortex from Crash. At least from Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. Uh, okay, you, you pause for a second. And I'm like, there's not a character named Dr. Neocortex in Crash. The movie Crash. There's a movie named Crash? There is. It's a okay. sad movie that won an Oscar and everyone's like, it didn't deserve that Oscar. <laughs> well, Dr. Neocortex is not in there. <laughs> Maybe the, then the movie would have deserved it. <laughs> Um, dogs are barking. 
Uh, I also want to remind everyone before I go on to the next voice actors that we are recording this uh, the day after 4th of July, and my windows <laughs> face an alley. So I'm just getting a lot of <laughs> reverberated echoes of fireworks tonight, and there's just I'm just yeah. not going to edit all those out. So if you tonight's recording is just going to be a little bit spicy if you hear some pops in the background. Um, yeah, yeah, just picture the fireworks. This really sets an ambience. They're all here to celebrate. Flint the Time Detective. Yeah. The voice of Sarah Goodman is Yoli and Bioman from Digimon. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Let me, let me do that again. Uh, the voice of Sarah Goodman is Tiffany Kristen, who you may know as Yoli and Bioman from Digimon. Uh, and the voice of uh, Tony Goodman is Brian Donovan, who you may know as uh, Davis from the, uh, that same era of Digimon, or is Rock Lee from uh, Naruto? Oh, again, yeah. never seen a, a second of Naruto, but I trust that these are all guys that were in there. Have you ever wanted to watch Naruto? You just haven't yet? I, it's like my biggest pop cultural blind spot, I think. I don't know anything about him. He's got a headband, and I think he has whiskers, and like he runs real fast. <laughs> You run so fast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know what he does. I think he's a ninja. Does he go to ninja school? He does go to ninja school. Okay. Good well, job. He... Uh, maybe right, that's, that's it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll change my pick to Naruto. We'll just watch Naruto. Next. <laughs> I think that did that is enough of a reputation to be a Saturday morning giant or like that a, is a yeah that a is weekday afternoon giant. Don't know when it aired. No, uh, don't even know that. Can't recall a time know. slot. Can't recall a channel. I don't know. Not a lot of our, the cartoons we cover aired on Saturday mornings. It's just the gimmick. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I do want to uh, say this was a Saturday morning cartoon. This aired on uh, the Fox Kids block initially, but I mainly remember it from Fox Family before it was Freeform. Before it was ABC Family, it was Fox Family, and this aired on a weekend morning block called Made in Japan. It was this, the Mega Man cartoon. Uh, I forget what else, but also it had these little uh, interstitial bits that would air in the commercials that would tell you about just fun facts about Japan. Like, they love bathhouses and vending machines. Basic Japan facts for kids. (laughs) I kind of remember this. I, I wonder if we could find uh, on YouTube, like, a block of TV from that era. Maybe. I mean, we've got them all on tape. We just got to get a VCR. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I wonder where those tapes are. Probably at parents' house. I have them. I know exactly oh. where they are. They are in my home. They are safe. Um. <laughs> all right. Before we get into the episodes we watched, let's watch the opening. Uh, this opening will be undercut in the episode uh mm-hmm. but if you want to watch along it's just on youtube as flint the time detective english opening it's exactly a minute long uh and we're going to start playing uh in three two one play now back from prehistoric time here's this thing goes a mile a minute it comes right out the door full of excitement this, the narrator of the song is stuck in my head for every little quote. Every little thing he says is stuck in my head forever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at 
None of the music in the show is this good. Yeah. <laughs> I so, like the little well, dance. They're doing they this do. chanting. Yeah, like there's this like chanting they're doing in this song, and there's like a little sing along with a bouncing flint head at the bottom of the screen, and then all the characters, like friends and foes, are dancing along to it in a choreographed dance. Yeah. It is all like original animation for this opening credits. Yeah. All right, we're ready. Let's start ready. episode one. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I said that, and then I was like, oh, I should wait for you to confirm. Okay. We watched uh, episode one, 12, and... Uh, 24, uh, right? 24, right. I watched an additional episode just for my own background knowledge, so I'll oh, skip okay. over that one. Uh, we watched episode one, Hammerhead Rock. This is the origin story, and we haven't even mentioned the premise of the show yet, so buckle in. Yeah. So, <laughs> Let's just let the episode unfold and see if you can guess what's happening. <laughs> so we start with a, a super villainess flying around in a cat-shaped spaceship with two goofy-looking goons. And uh, nobody's talking. But she's just narrating in her head. Uh, my name is Petrofina. I'm an interdimensional time thief. I'm traveling through this Doctor Who-looking time stream to find little creatures called time shifters. And she's going to give them to her boyfriend, who's some mysterious man in a mask named the Dark Lord. And then he's going to use these time shifters to destroy the land of time. Yep. And this is the first 30 seconds of the show. <laughs> uh, we should describe the characters. Uh... Petrofina is, she's, oh, she's fantastic. She's a true style icon. She, she almost always wears the same thing, but it's a great look. She's wearing like this bright red vinyl strapless mini dress with like thigh high boots and like elbow length gloves and she's got like a really really long green ponytail yeah she's got red eyes <laughs> she does also uh and we also have her her stooges which are dino and might uh dino is like this they're both in like this kind of like blue uniform with like uh brown and like gray assets to it uh lots of pouches yeah dino is like he's like this like skin tone like fish man with like gills and like big lips and like an aviator cap on uh he's yeah. like the tall skinny one and then we have might who is the short wide one who is he's mm -hmm. kind of like like a frog with like a red like mohawk yes yes so watching the show uh <laughs> this was never explained until like the series finale which was like a three or four part big finale it's the first time they address the first time they bring up oh we're not people we're not humans didn't you ever wonder why we look this way we were a fish in it and eel in a science lab and then petrofina made us humanoid to be her henchmen and now we serve her that's great <laughs> so it's those three flying around with their cat spaceship uh, and then they, 
Cleopatra had them set the course for 1 million BC. So mm-hmm. there they go. You know, they're out in, in caveman land. Petra falls out of the ship. She gets grabbed by a pterodactyl and she shoots it with her petrification gun. She's a gun that will just petrify you. Yeah. Like, like you've been Pompeyed. Like you're just frozen there as like a gray block of yourself. Yeah. It, the gun's and like the- a little like, like retro like space gun, but the o- yeah. front opens up like a flower in like a four corners and shoots the yeah. Petra beam. Yeah, a Petra beam. Everything's themed after her. She's got so much branding. Yeah. <laughs> and then we meet our protagonists, uh, who's a little cave boy named Flint, and his father, who we learn later, is named Rocky. They are the Hammerheads. We're back in caveman times, but there's still a concept of a family surname, and that's theirs. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, yeah. riding around on a Triceratops, chasing a different Triceratops to hunt it, to eat it. Because caveman times. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both, like, talking to each other, too. And they're doing, like, you know, the classic, like, unga bunga, like, like <laughs> caveman speak. But they're adding a lot of yeah. consonants to it, and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was good caveman mm-hmm. speak. I don't want to derail us too soon, but do you remember the episode of Phineas and Ferb where they went back in time and it was entirely in prehistoric times and the episode was completely in gibberish? except for the parts where the creators themselves would interrupt the show and they're like, why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense. Here, give me the pencil. Let me draw this in. Now we're going to go see what Doofenshmirtz is doing. I don't remember that, it, but that sounds great. It's it's some of the finest 11 minutes in television history. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's they're not filmed or it, it's just like photos of them. <laughs> like put together like a playbook. <laughs> they couldn't film them. It's just a and lot of still images of these two guys <laughs> in, in a drawing room. Anyway, back to this uh, prehistoric landscape. They're chasing that Triceratops, and then out of nowhere, this little magical creature. This is one of the time shifters. This one appears. It's shaped like an eggplant with wings and a big smile. Uh, its name is yeah. Get Along. It's like an, it's like an eggplant kappa kinda. It's got like the thing on its head, where like a bowl would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It comes out of a portal and looks at them chasing the dinosaur and just says, "You boys need some heart." And shoots like a love beam out, and now they're friends with the dinosaur. Yeah, that's Petra's like, ah, yes. Let's get along. This is our first time, Shifter. And get along is going to be here in every episode. <laughs> they just keep yeah. bringing it along. And I, so Petra... I do, like, I, I do like that concept of, like... Because every show has that... Uh, the first of the collecting thing that they're doing, that they have with them always. And I like that the power it has is just for two people to get along. That's a very wholesome power yeah. for the team to always have. Get along is sweet and, and never really develops much of a personality beyond that, behind wanting people to get along, nope. but really comes in handy a lot of the time. It's a good personality. Stick with it. All of these time shifters have a, a single trait allowed to them. Uh, Petra sees the time shifter. That's what she's really after. She tries to fossilize it. I think she gets it, but she also shoots Flint and Rocky. And when you're fossil. So, like, she fossilized the t- the uh, pterodactyl, and I think it was fossilized 
in itself, in its own shape. Sometimes you you are your own shape, but other times you're transformed into like a little egg. But so they're all transformed into eggs, and there's a volcano that's erupting, and she's like, I don't have time to like go down there and collect them. There's lava. It's going to get me. Let's fly back in our cat spaceship. Let's just go back to where we are in the 25th century, and I'll come back to this spot, and I'll dig them up. They'll just wait here. Yeah, so we cut back to, like, the not-too-distant future. It's, it's you know, kind of like modern times, but the buildings are fancier, and there's definitely time travel. Uh, and we cut mm-hmm. to a school field trip, and we see a very familiar-looking school teacher, uh, i.e. Petrofina in disguise as a teacher called Mrs. I Know. And I don't know if we ever see this spelled out, yes. or if it's just the two words, I Know. But yeah, and then we meet our kids for the show. We meet Sarah and Tony Goodman. Uh, they are quintessential kids. Uh, Tony's just like in an orange uh, shirt with like cargo pants. And Sarah has like long mm-hmm. pink hair with like brown pants and suspenders and like a yellow shirt. Uh, and they're just at their uh, their class field trip for an archaeological exhibit. And Petrofina's there trying to like, hey... Uh, I'm a school teacher, and you kids are going to dig up these fossils for me. It was a very holes moment where it's like, if you ever find anything, come get me. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, basically, this is the plot of holes. Uh, (laughs) Petra's (laughs) just making all these kids dig for her so that she can find this historical treasure. Which which of Uh, Dino and Might is John Voight? Oh, my God. Oh, I think um, the short one's John Voight. The tall one is Tim Blake Nelson. Dino Voight. So, so we're talking to we're we're at the kids like there. Tony and Sarah are in like this cave, kind of digging around. They both have like pickaxes and like little archaeological equipment. Mm. And Tony like pulls like something out of the the cave wall, and it looks like like either like a weird long shoe with no no sole, or like the front of like a bike. Uh, but it's clearly it looks man-made. Like the, like the the top of a snowshoe, yeah. but not the part that looks like a tennis racket, like the shoe yeah. part of it. And and he shows it to Petrofina, to Miss I Know, and she's like, no, 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 that's man-made. Keep digging. And then Sarah finds uh, both, I believe she finds both of the get-along and the egg that contains both Flint and his dad. Mm. And But she can hear inside the flint dad egg the voices are coming out like the unga bunga voices are coming out and they're like <laughs> we, we can't hand this over we should gonna we're gonna take this right to our uncle he knows about you know fossilization and time stuff he'll know what to do we shouldn't tell the teacher who told us to look for fossils that we found fossils let's leave the class trip and go to our uncle's house there, i have several things i want to say uh yeah. first off sarah finds this fossil and then tony thinks that it will smell because it's so old <laughs> like well, every <laughs> tony dreams of joining the time police that's his his ultimate goal in life that's like a and, and that's where their uncle works he's a scientist for the time police that's what he wants to do but he thinks everything that's very old must smell regardless of what it is um yeah the the fossils appear to be alive so i don't know if they've been conscious for 1 million BC plus the 25th <laughs> century, however many years that is. Yeah. Also, when Sarah finds this fossil and they decide, we'll just bail on this field trip and go home, she puts it under her shirt 
Like, that's yeah. less conspicuous. <laughs> Mel, Mel, I have a question. Wouldn't a fossil smell? Ah, uh, no, it's it's a rock. Rocks I don't think a, smell, a rock look smells. Look at sulfur. That's a special rock. Most rocks what? just smell <laughs> like rocks. You know okay, well, that rock I, smell. I don't think that's. In, I don't think you're on the right track there. But okay. I, this wasn't part of Jurassic Park. They're not like we dug this mosquito <laughs> encased in amber out of a cave. Also, it stunk real bad. Jurassic Why would they Park talk didn't about tell that? me that's part of it. I mean, you trust only Jurassic Park? There's no Archaeology exists nowhere else in the world except in movies. Do you, do you remember Indiana Jones ever pulling yeah. something out and saying it was smelly? The very first scene. That's when he, when he got out of the... Uh, the cave where he stole the audio is like, oh, this smells weird. I this guarantee you. Gross. I guarantee you that like temple he was in had a dank mildew mildew smell to it. There's no way it. The didn't. entire cave does. See, a cave. Can if you be take smelly, a rock a... <laughs> out of that cave, it still has the smell in it. Okay. All Rocks right. We settled mel. this argument. We got it. We got to meet their scientist uncle. He's the best. So they go to He's their good. uncle's house, which I think is also where they live. There's never an allusion to parents or any other household. I think they live there. Yeah. Even though when they arrive, their uncle's sleeping on the couch and his little like robotic pterodactyl assistant yells, we have company. I think they live there. They're occupants <laughs> of the house. They are residents. It's one of those things where they go see him every day, so they might as well live there. Maybe. I think there was an episode where we see them in bed. Like, they sleep there. That's okay. where the rooms are. I think. Okay. Yeah. They go to meet... We meet Uncle Bernie Goldman. Or, sorry. Uncle Bernie it's, Goodman. Uh, uh-huh. He, at this, like... it's it, They call it the Time Bureau, but it's only a faction of the Time Bureau. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just, like, this little shack with, like, big buildings on either side. It's just, like, a little tiny house in, in this big, bustling city. It's a Stuart Little house, for sure. It's yeah. just his house. It's not a it's it's his house, but they put a bureau sign on it. They all live there. Yeah. The three of them, this family. And uh Uncle Bernie, he's like he's wearing a lab coat all the time, but he's real scruffy and bedraggled looking. He's got real Stu Pickles vibes. Mm-hmm. 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 And he, like I mentioned, he's got a little uh, little robotic pterodactyl who flies around. His name is Terry, uh, and he's a C-3PO, pretty much. Yes, yes. That's a good uh-huh. way to put it. So Sarah brings him the fossil <laughs> to investigate, and he like, runs it through a machine, and he says, Ah, yes, there are two beating human hearts in this fossil. And then one of the kids says, Way cool. <laughs> like your worldview isn't cracked open by finding a fossil with two beating human hearts in it through which you can hear a voice. Listen, this is the not too distant future. <laughs> Things are fine there. <laughs> Next Sunday, AD. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to defossilize these things. It's not working. Sarah goes out and wishes on a shooting star that it would work. And then we yep. zoom out and we see this old man called the old timer who uh, he's, he's this little, little king of town looking old man in a floating pig chair. And he's got a computer and he's watching just 
unexplained video feeds of everything just like commenting on the world like he's this cosmic being like he's a watcher except he, he can is. interfere yeah he's he's got like this little like iMac computer he's working with yes it's and, an and iMac there's, and there's a wire connected to it connected to a mouse mouse which is like a little mouse mouse and there's the little <laughs> eyes uh, he moves the mouse back and forth and, and the eyes like represent the left click and the right click and it's very yeah. very cute Pig chair, mouse, mouse. Yeah, yeah. Old timer. <laughs> Old timer. So he sees her wishing, and he's very benevolent, and he's like, she should get her wish. And then he, like, shoots a laser down at the house, and that's what revives the fossils. Mm-hmm. You know. So we get, uh, get along is back to life, back to corporeal form. Flint is back to corpor- corporeal form. And also, like, should he gets we- something in him where he knows English now. Should we describe Flint real quick? Oh, uh, yeah. Flint's uh, a little boy wearing like um, uh, a one sh- <laughs> a one shoulder ensemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got like spiky green hair. Yeah, spiky green hair with like a spiky ponytail. He's got pointy yeah. ears, like elf ears. Uh, oh, right. He has no nose. He's too young to have a nose. Uh, <laughs> that's how we depict childhood is if you, if you haven't grown into your nose yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's and he's got he he gets this later in the show, but he he has this like little like time belt on that's like got like a big glowing red ball on the front. Uh, yeah, and where we look over to expect to see his dad, we see a big stone slab, and then Bernie says, "I'm sorry, son, that rock is your dad." And, <laughs> and Rocky Hammerhead, his the eyes open up on this slab, and they're big cartoony eyes. With big bushy eyebrows, and mm-hmm. they say, "Sorry, son, I I don't know what to do." Uh, so Bernie takes him, cuts him. No, before this, before hmm. this, one of the kids, maybe it's Tony, I don't know. One of the kids asks, "Is his dad going to be a rock forever?" And then Bernie says, "Yep, that's science." <laughs> Bernie's so funny in that he looks he looks like he should be exhausted. But he's yeah. so exuberant about science and so nonchalant about it. Like, a terrible thing has happened. That's how science goes. He, that's all. He, that's almost his catchphrase. He doesn't say it quite enough to be a catchphrase, but you can tell that's what his his uh, mindset falls back to. All is yeah. science. Yeah, science There's is all... exciting when he's not asleep on the couch. <laughs> There's a lot of good little throwaway lines on the show. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. So he's like, I know what I can do to help, uh, you know, soothe this parental loss that you've had uh, is I'm going to take this slab of rock that is your dad and cut him to make him smaller. (laughs) And then I'm going to put a little like round like dome on top of it and a handle on it. And this is now a hammer dad and also a defossilization and fossilization beam. So yeah, now. what he he says is uh, the perfectly clearly understandable sentence that makes sense to anybody. I transformed your dad into the fossil beam stone axe. Yeah, you know he's de- he's always described as an axe, even though he has no sharp corners and he cannot cut anything. He is just a blunt object t- to hammer. I mean, he might have sharp corners in that he is a cubeoid shape. Uh, <laughs> he's 
Yeah, he's a, he has a slab. He doesn't come to a point. He's like, uh, I don't know, like two inches thick. He's got corners that I guess could catch. Yeah, yeah, he has corners. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then we we meet Get Along proper. We introduce that their <laughs> their name, her name is Get Along. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think it is her. That is what they I remember them saying. And the yeah. way Get Along is introduced is that the camera just changes angles and Get Along's just floating there benignly and says, "Hello there." <laughs> Tony turns around and says, "Hi." With that level of interest. Yeah. Right. That, and he turns another... around again. It's like, <laughs> Uncle Bernie, what is this thing? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Tony's it's... great. Tony is the classic uh, disinterested anime boy with his hands behind his head. Yes, absolutely. And then Sarah's the, and... the go-getter smart smart twin. Yeah, yeah. Uh this is a very good scene, and I, I, it's pretty long. Otherwise, I would put it all of it at the end of the episode. But I'll probably put at least, uh, I'm sorry, son, that rock is your dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, suddenly uh, Petrofina crashes into yeah. the building that is uh, Bernie's house with their big old cat ship. And then the cat ship transforms into a cat mech. Uh, Do, yeah, it does that. Also, I want to say the ship is cat themed. Nothing else is. No, no. Why would it be? <laughs> right, she's got henchmen that are a, fi- uh, a frog and an eel, and her ship is a cat. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. But yeah, uh, Flint attacks the mech, and then Rocky's like, "Oh, I can help you. I'm a hammer now," and he grows. <laughs> he grows super sizes. And they bop the cat. They bop the cat mech on the head, and Team Rocket blasts off again. Ding. Yeah. And then the the episode ends with uh, Bernie doing a like Doogie Hauser. This is my report for the day. This is my diary entry, looking back on the day's events. Where like it's just like a slideshow of photos of like, well, we've adopted Flint now. He lives with us. We're going to raise him, I guess. There's not much yeah. raising that his dad can do now that he is an inert rock. Uh, and he says, raising a prehistoric boy in a modern era, that's science. <laughs> and then we cut uh, to oh. the old timer again. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking to, um, and he he works for, the, he's like the overseer of the time police. Mm-hmm. Who are this like cosmic TVA like entity that I think he's at the top of. And his his point person is this woman named Jillian Gray, a very serious, like, no-nonsense business lady. And he tells her, uh, we know that he's uh, about, like, five years old. Uh, and he's from 25 million years ago. Uh, but I'm going to make him a time agent. I know he's had zero training. I know he's just a kid who wants to, like, eat and, like, hit stuff with his dad. But given the fact that he's a boy lost in time, let's make him a time agent. I don't know. I feel like he'd be good at it. <laughs> yeah. So he gets, like, a little, like, ID card, which reminds me of the, the, the Digivolution cards from uh, the fourth season. No, the third season of Digimon. Uh, mm. They're just, like, blue hard plastic cards that say Time Police on them, and they have a little crest. And Flint yeah. gets uh, the little belt. And then Bernie introduces the time cycle, which is a little, 
it's like too little for all three of them to sit on, but they always all sit on it. Uh, right. Flint, he can't go. I don't know if he can't go out on a mission. There's no way that the time police would be like, he can be an agent if these two eighth graders agree to accompany him on every mission. So I think Sarah yeah. and Tony just always want to go. But yeah, this cycle looks like it is built for Flint only. and <laughs> They're just all sort of huddled on there. And yeah. the cycle, it's shaped like a dinosaur, and it looks like one of those playground equipments that's on a yes, big spring, yes. and you rock back and forth on it. That's exactly what I wrote down, too. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and that's and then we pretty much end the episode on that. Yeah, and then uh, we said he's a time agent. Basically what this means is that he will travel throughout time. So there's, we saw Get Along. There's a bunch of other time shifters. All of them have, like, one specific power I don't know where they come from. I don't know why they're there, but they're all lost throughout time. They're all scattered. And so whenever one of them is targeted, they're going to uh, call the Goodman household and say, we got a little creature lost in like fifth century China. Please send those children to go get it. (laughs) Please capture my alien egg man. (laughs) And then they're going to fight this uh, adult woman. (laughs) in in an unnecessarily sexy outfit well i don't think they they're like go i i think petrofina is like a rogue agent and that she's she's just a time absolutely she's just a time she time thief they don't know that she's also going to be there trying to trying to uh yeah she's not like a set nemesis no you know it's not like we make the power rangers to fight rita repulsa yeah she's just always there she she just causes trouble of her though they're like, you'll probably run into Petra when you're out there, so be careful. And then, like I mentioned earlier, there's some mysterious, like, Phantom of the Opera-looking guy who's Petra's boyfriend, who we, like, never really meet. And we never really know if he actually likes her back or not. But she's, like, getting the stuff. She wants to get the stuff for him. And then he's got machinations of some kind. I'm going to look him up to see if we ever get a look at him. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, he's wearing like a white tuxedo and he's got a cloak and it looks like he's wearing one mask over another mask. Yeah, it's like a dual like mask situation where like one is like pristine white and the other is like crazy gold and like e- eccentric. He's very cool looking. Hold on, yeah. how do I get back to the screen share? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you ever see him unmasked, but... I don't think... Maybe in that big series finale, which I have not seen in 20 years. I gotta watch all of this thing again. Oh my god, is that him? I think that's him as a tiny man. Oh, is this like when, like, Harry destroys Voldemort and Voldemort's like a crying baby in a train station? (laughs) I don't remember that, but okay. (laughs) This guy's cool. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> that's episode one. This is our premise. Now we move on to episode 12. This is called Bindi. Most of the episodes are named after the time shifter they're going to go find. So in this one, uh, Jillian Gray, she's always up on this big video screen talking to the family. She's giving them a mission. She's like, you need to go retrieve this one time shifter named Bindi. But uh, they don't know anything about her. <laughs> like Jillian says, we do know that she lives in a shell. She's pink. And she flies around a lot. Yep. Uh, while they're on, yeah. the, on the call with Jillian, 
and this is consistent for the whole series. Bernie is like a big simp for Jillian. Like, <laughs> oh, he adores her. Yeah, always flirting, always trying to like ask her out. And Jillian's like, I'm, I don't, <laughs> I'm not interested. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm flattered. I got a job to do here. I'll see you later. She's all business. She's yeah. got Jillian's cool. She's got this like real sharp, like burgundy red, like bob cut. I love that even though she is the stoic businesswoman, she's also illustrated with big sparkly eyes. Yes, of course. How else would we know she fits in the show? Right. I, I wanted to be her when I grew up. I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> One day. Uh, but she sends, she sends them to 15th century Transylvania <laughs> to mm-hmm. go get Bendy. Who to describe Bendy? We saw a little picture of her up on the screen. She's a pink flying snail with like lipstick. Yeah, she's, she's, I have it written down in my notes. Or not like a snail, maybe more like a hermit crab. Like she's got a little face that pokes out of the spiral shell. Yeah. And her little face is like cute. Yeah, there's like yellow petals around her face and like a jewel Something in her like forehead. That. Sometimes the flower will close and she'll go back into her shell and come back out and she'll have makeup on when she's trying to flirt. Yeah. She looks and sounds like a 1930s dame. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like think about a Betty Boop. You're yeah, not very far off. That's a good way to put it. But she's a flying pink snail who uh, lives in 15th century Transylvania, and they got to go get her. So they get in the time stream. They fly to uh, Transylvania, and then <laughs> one of them, I, ne- I really got to write down attributions for quotes. I've just written down these lines of dialogue out of context now. But mm-hmm. somebody says, there it is home of werewolves and vampires and they're talking about how this is where dracula lives and flint (laughs) says dracula you know what i think sarah no i think we should visit him yeah he's they're like flint's like i think he sounds like a cool guy and then flint steers the time copter or time what is it time bike time cycle over to the castle and we cut in and they're just in this castle. They don't see anyone else around. They lose Flint. And when they find him, he's in this long dining hall surrounded by a bunch of food, just chowing down with no one else around. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's just at the the end of one very long Dracula dining table, like you've seen in the movies. Yeah. Just eating all this Dracula food. And they, at the other end of the table, they, they look over and there is Dracula. And instead of looking like a scary monster, he just looks like a sensitive 80s rocker. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he looks like he's in the Thompson twins. Uh, he's not scary, but they all still scream anyway because they know it's Dracula. He looks so bro- brooding. He's spooky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we meet, uh, he he says his name is Vlad Sabesh, and he's like, oh, I'm the man of the house. I'm the last one of my family uh, to, like, live here. I Everyone else hated my family, and everyone else has died out, so it's just me. And mm. the vampire thing is really just a rumor because I'm all alone in this castle. And then Bindi, he, like, talks about, like, being, like, spooked and just staying inside because he's afraid of the townspeople. And then Bindi comes out of his cloak and is like, oh... Don't worry, I'll be here by your side. <laughs> to which, yeah. and this is this occurs She's every there. time. This occurs every time the kids see a time shifter. We're like, oh, you need to come with us right now. No questions. Uh, 
you're Bindi. We know who you are. You're coming with us. And then everyone mm. reacts like, hey, this is my friend. Don't take her. Also, who are you? What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. This is the plot of every episode. They go to a historical period. Um, and it's places from all over the world. Like they go see like, here's the Wright brothers when they were young. Here's the guy who sculpted the thinker. Here's uh, uh, That's important it. people from the Japanese history who I wasn't familiar with before I saw this. We go see an Easter Island head. We see all yeah. sorts of stuff. And yeah, there always, there's always a time shifter there who's like somebody's friend. And they're like, oh, guess we have to have a small misadventure with these guys. And then the friend will agree to say goodbye. <laughs> I will only let you steal my best friend if you hang out with me for like an afternoon and maybe help me solve mm. a problem. There's an episode I almost wanted us to watch uh, where they go back just like 20 years to where they are to like 20 years ago in Japan and they meet a young Uncle Bernie and they yell at him to stop smoking. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah, uh, Vlad is like, I, I, don't, I don't know why you're here and I don't know why you want to steal my friend. Uh, but let me, you can stay here for the night if you want, and then we'll figure things out tomorrow. And so he's showing them around the castle, and Flint is, like, of course, acting like a five-year-old. So he's, like, sliding down the banister and, like, chasing, uh, chasing, like, through the halls and everything. And Vlad's, like, enjoying himself. And it's like, oh, this is nice. It's nice to have people around again. And they go to the bedroom, and <laughs> Flint goes to jump on the bed and then gets his head knocked into the next floor and Vlad, uh-huh. pulls, Vlad pulls him out and they both end up bouncing up on the bed and Vlad's having the time of his life and Bindi is like well now I'm not Vlad's best friend anymore now that he's got company I'm gonna pout about this and I'm gonna get out of here uh, mm-hmm. she, so she, which so is she, something which I'm gonna say is something we will see Bindi continue to do uh, she's, she's very she's she's cute she's sweet but she's very self-centered and she wants you to pay attention to her yeah so she goes outside to sulk under a tree and then she is beset upon by wolves <laughs> yep and she says oh no i've got to get away and attempts to like walk away on these sort of like little tentacles she has and then she trips under a tree root and then just curls up into a ball I'm like, Bindi, you can float. <laughs> you can float so high, you might call the ability flight. I don't, I don't know why you're not doing that. And then we meet uh, for the first time in this podcast, but not for the first time in this series. We meet Murloc, who sweeps in to save her from the wolves. I need to describe Murloc to you. Please. Murloc is... Um, he is blue. <laughs> he's blue. He he's blue. He has beautiful lavender hair that falls over one eye, but the hair is translucent and you can see his eye through his hair. And he's wearing this like pretty boy outfit. Fussy little blue outfit, like this real dandy fop sort of an outfit with like shorts and like high leggings. You know, he's got like knee high socks and like a little coat with tails in it and like little buckle shoes and like white gloves with frills on them. And he's got like 
a you know a gem around his neck with like a kerchief. Yeah, and his his weapon of choice is a cane that he has on a bejeweled him. cane. Yes. Yeah, which in I don't know if you'll see it here, but you'll see it later. He'll throw it, and it'll spin like it's a throwing star, <laughs> and then it'll come back to him, and that's his weapon. Uh, also, he's wearing a cape. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, I don't. Yeah, I guess he does wear a cape sometimes. Sometimes he's just most of the time out, he wears a cape. Um, yeah. Also, he has one fang. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you can tell. This is Mar- he's a he's a '90s anime character. He's got one fang. <laughs> He's um uh, he's a bishonen, if I remember the term correctly, from being twelve years old. Mm-hmm. A real pretty anime boy with a, a quite an aesthetic to him. That's Murloc, and we've seen him throughout pop up throughout the series just as like a mysterious somebody who like steps in and saves them. He's very much a tuxedo mask character. Absolutely, yeah. And he, the and tuxedo also, mask at the beginning before like the Sailor Scouts know who the heck that is. He's just yeah. some like pretty boy with a rose who like saves them sometimes. Also, much like Bernie, uh, Murloc is also a big simp. He loves mm. like protecting Sarah and like any like damsel in distress. He's like all about that. Uh, mm-hmm, did, mm-hmm. did you mention He's... his last name? Because I didn't know his last name until we watched them. Uh, I, I wanted to know. This is important information that we don't learn in any of the episodes that we have seen. But if you've introduced it now, I would like to say his full name is Murloc Holmes, and he is a vampire. Yeah. We don't come back he, to it. We don't talk about it. His name is Murloc right, Holmes. There's, there's another episode that we didn't watch, but is I watched as supplementary material because I'm like, I got to see this thing again. Where like he gets injured, and then later the characters go to visit him, and he's like... Ah, don't worry about me. You know, people of my clan tend to heal very quickly. And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm like descended from vampires. Yeah. I have vampire blood. I I heal fast. Look at me. Also, I've got, (laughs) look, I have a single fang. Also, I'm blue. Yeah. (laughs) This is Murloc. He's my favorite. Uh, He was my favorite. These two are my favorite thing in the world when I was 10 years old. Murloc and Bendy. And here they are, their origin story. He saves her from a bunch of wolves in the forest. Uh, and he introduces himself as Murloc Holmes of the Time Bureau. He is also a time agent uh, who's been sent to sort of tail flint and make sure like this young rookie is doing a good job, sort of watch out for him. But at this point, like the kids don't know who he is. He's just like a guy who shows up sometimes. It's yeah. like, who is he? D- 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 friend or foe? What's his deal? But Bendy likes him immediately. Yeah. So he saves the day, and suddenly uh, Petrofina shows up, ready to steal Bendy. And we get kind of, I think we get a chase sequence up until Mm -hmm. Vlad and the kids and Flint all show up. Yeah. And in rebuttal, the cat mech that Petrofina has launches a missile to try and, like, hit Murloc, who still has Bendy in in his arms. And the mm-hmm. missiles go crazy to where Dynamite says, like, oh, budget cuts. What are you going to do? Uh, and the mu- <laughs> and the missiles hit the village. And Vlad's like, uh-oh, people are going to get hurt. I- I'll be right back. I got to go see if they're okay. And we start getting the beginning of this little redemption as Vlad shows up to the village. is like, hey, stop what you're doing. Get buckets of water. Come on, help me out. And, like, <laughs> right, starts getting redeemed just... in the village's eyes. 
they're they're all just every townsperson is staring at the fire, dumbfounded, until <laughs> this man they think is Count Dracula walks up and is like, "Guys, buckets, water, get on it!" <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Petra is is chasing Murloc and Bendy through the forest and pins them under a tree, and then uh, Terry shows up the time cycle, which you guys just left behind. Uh, yeah. and out and the time cycle turns around and like where like the jet propulsion of the time cycle is there's like a little hole and time uh-huh. si- time shifters can be sent through time out of the time shifter from like uh the time bureau and so we get a little egg pops up that's another time shifter that we didn't see from another episode mm. and the, 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 the I know I wrote Yeah, they're always collecting these guys. Uh, I want to say that when they collect them, they don't go to, like, Time Police headquarters. They just live at Bernie's house. So now he's got a house. It's this sad adult science bachelor who lives with his uh, 14-year-old niece and nephew, parents unknown, uh, a cave boy. The cave boy's dad, but the dad is in rock form, so he's not very helpful. A robotic pterodactyl assistant and like piles of these cute little time creatures that just yeah. get all over the place. And that is this household. <laughs> it takes a family. And there's like always a, it it takes it takes a village to raise a cave boy. Also Petra attacks it like every couple episodes. There's often a hole in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I remember what happened. Flint at some point got uh fossilized. And so <laughs> Tony and Sarah are trying to angle the hammer that is stuck in uh, Flint's hands. And so they summon a time shifter who turns like is reflective enough that it floats above. They fire the beam from the hammer, bounce off the time shifter and unfossilize Flint who does the grow, Mm. grow big hammer, knocks out the cat mech, saves the day. Yeah. uh, And then the town loves Dracula. Mm -hmm. And now that Dracula, has friends, Bendy feels like, uh, Vlad doesn't need her anymore. Uh, and she doesn't say goodbye. She just follows Murloc when he's like, well, I did my job and starts walking away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's just following him. And he's like, so you're doing this? And she's like, yeah, he doesn't need me anymore. I like you. I think you're interesting. And he's like, okay, suit yourself. And she says, thanks. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and she just... Is follows him around perpetually for the rest of the series. She just moves into his house. She's completely attached to him. They're like, like, and you wonder if like she thinks they're dating, even though he's a vampire and she's a little floating pink snail. Yeah, but yeah, she's uh, she's there to pull him off a girl he's trying to a girl he's flirting with, or even a girl he's trying to be. She's you know, she's like this the- very old. She's the Misty mm-hmm. to his Brock, except she thinks they're dating. Precisely. Yes, yes. That's exactly what she does. You know, whether he's flirting or just doing sort of an old-fashioned chivalrous act of service to some lady, she's like, you're not paying attention to me! <laughs> and she'll, like, put her lipstick on and, like, hit him with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like him a lot. They're such a weird, weird pair. But I <laughs> like their strange but very affectionate dynamic. Yeah. And before we end the episode, we get uh, the time cycle flying ab- above yeah. as Vlad is talking to the other villagers. And there's 
the belly, like the ribbed belly of this time cycle, pops mm-hmm. up, and it's... Oh, that was weird. Uh, what? My, com- my computer did something. It opened a window and then closed it suddenly, which is why oh, it like, no! pops up. Uh, yeah, so like the ribbed belly of this like dinosaur time cycle... It does like a stun spore effect and it just drips a bunch of like glitter all over the town and everyone forgets everything that happened for the past day, which yeah, I guess <laughs> erases just the time shifter knowledge and the cat mech yeah. knowledge and not the fact that they are friends now with Vlad. I don't know. It's very selective. I don't know how it goes. I think it works like uh, the big neuralizer in the Statue of Liberty at the end of Men in Black 2. I guess we can only hope it works like that, yes. <laughs> right, like that Men in Black is where I go to for all of my memory erasure knowledge. Yep. Oh, and then also, was mm. one final coda to the episode. Murloc and Bendy are walking away. I don't know where they're walking to. I guess to wherever he parked his time vehicle. They're just walking. And he tells her to, uh, and she's like looking back saying, oh, I hope Vlad's really going to be okay. And he tells her, you have to watch where you're going and not where you've been. And then he falls down a hill, like while he's looking back at her. He like trips over his cave, falls down a hill. He's covered in mud. And she's like, wow, Murloc, you really should watch where you're going instead of where you've been. And then he yells, thanks, I'm going to remember that for next time. <laughs> a lot he's of got that. Some gr- yeah, and he's like such a a smooth, old-fashioned gentleman. But when he gets frustrated, he just yells. Yeah, he's so indignant. Yeah, and that's and that's the episode. Uh, that's that one. And we get on to episode twenty-four, which is Raldo, and mm-hmm. this is the episode where we'll see a familiar face more than once. Uh, <laughs> So, Petra, Petra and the boys. What a teaser! T- Petra and the boys are just kind of like floating adrift in time space. Yeah. Uh, they like talk about they don't have any food. They all look very gaunt. And mm-hmm. Petra goes over to presses a button, and the and Dynamite are like, no, no, no! If you hit that, that's gonna send an SOS, and the Time Bureau is gonna know exactly where we are and come get us. And Petra's like, yeah, I know, I'm hungry. We're going to die out here if I don't do that. So they Real do that. Real Team Rocket energy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a glamorous supervillain, but also I can't consistently feed myself. I mean, who among us can consistently feed themselves? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard to do as an adult. So they get captured by the Time Bureau, and they're like in this like bubble in this like amphitheater at the Time Bureau, and everyone's there. Uh-huh. Uh, I think like Murloc's there, the director's there, Bernie and the kids are there. They're just all there to like interrogate. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It is Jillian Gray, Bernie, Flint, uh, Murloc and Bendy. Like Bendy had to tag along for this. That's who she is. And they're just staring judgmentally at at Petrofina. And they say they're going to interrogate her. And then Flint says, interrogating? That sounds yummy. Which is a joke they do uh, in 39 episodes, probably 30 times. Yeah, absolutely. He just wants Uh, to eat everything. He tried to eat that time cycle when he first saw it. It looks like like, a dinosaur, and dinosaur was his food. (laughs) He was gnawing on it. Mm. Uh, So yeah, they're interrogating Petrofina and the boys, and they're like not getting anywhere. Petrofina keeps using the Nunya defense 
mm-hmm. which is the the PG version of the D's defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> suddenly, all of a sudden, a missile strikes the Time Bureau, and it lands and it sticks into the room, and blue smoke pours out of it, and then uh-huh. a card with a blue rose picture lands. Uh, Petra and boys make an escape, and they, for some reason, Dino and Mike grab Bernie on their way out. I don't know if they... I think they say something about, like, you're coming with us. Uh, yeah, like, they just decide. Like, they just look at him and think, we ought to bring something with us, right? And, like, one of them grabs him, and the other one's like, why are you doing this? And they're like, I don't know. This seems like a good idea. I, I think in the original Japanese, they thought they were grabbing Petra. Because for the rest of the episode, mm. they're just, like, very sheepish. Like, what a mistake we did. Like, mm. uh, Not they, sure. But yeah, so they're they're running. Petra and Co are running with Bernie in tow, and Petra's looking at this card, and she flips it up, and it's a message from the Dark Lord, like, "Hey, sorry you got caught. Uh, here's your next mission." And it's like a little like time card, which is, I mm. guess, we didn't mention this in the last episode, but they get their coordinates to time eras on like little like like plastic cards that they like zip into their time cycles and it's very aesthetically pleasing yeah it's nice i like this plastic card functionality yeah and they end up going back to it's like not too long ago in this timeline uh Uh like like maybe like 50 40 years ago something like that maybe not even that not maybe yeah maybe 20 years ago hard to say yeah, and they go to this uh, beautiful, sprawling mansion, uh, and the Dark Lord told them that they're going to go get some time shifter named Raldo. The title of the episode, like all of them are, just the title of that shifter for the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, go to, go to this time, I don't tell you when it is, just get this guy and just bring him to me, whatever. So they're flying in the ship, and Petra had been warned to be careful, and she's like, oh, the only person who could defeat me is myself. And of course, that won't happen. Dun, dun, dun. And they're all like, right. <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, right. Yeah. All right. Let's get going. Here, it's traveling through time. And then it zooms out of the three of them in their cockpit. And there's Bernie. And he's just sitting on the floor because there's not another seat in this ship. And he looks real crappy. And then everyone screams, even the goons who brought him with them. They're yeah. like, oh my god, that's right, that was real. He's still here. What are we gonna do with this sad adult man scientist who is our enemy? Yeah, and so I think they just like tie him up and like gag him because when they yeah. when they land, <laughs> they have no plan. It, no, no, no. Yeah, when they land in front of the mansion, they start snooping around, and later uh, we meet the time shifter who is Raldo is like a little like he's like a little turtle, but with yeah. instead of like. A shell, it's like crystal, uh, and he's got like a little antenna, and yeah. uh, and who is his keeper? None other than a small Petrofina, uh, yeah. who is in proper like royal regalia, like like mm-hmm. very a very nice dress and like big pigtails instead of the big ponytail that Petrofina normally has. Yeah, she's a little and princess. Th- you know, young Petrofina is called Fifi. Mm-hmm. We found out she's literally a princess, and she's on her, like, royal family grounds. Yeah. And Bernie comes stumbling out of the bush, tied up with, like, with a rope over his mouth. And we find out Raldo's power is that he can suck people up and hide them miniaturized in his shell. 
And then Bernie's like, uh, I, I, I takes his gag. I was like, I'm a good guy. Sorry, I spooked you. I was just kidnapped. Sorry about it. And they re- they release him, and he explains the situation. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Flint and I think Murloc is there too. Uh, yeah, so like it's it's Flint hops on his time cycle to go you know trace John Petra and rescue Uncle Bernie. Murloc's also there, and his time travel vehicle is just a, a scooter, just yeah. like a razor scooter that flies through time space. It's like a very like basic sled. Yeah, he's got a little handle he's holding on to with one hand. It's so goofy looking. It's not what you think this guy would have at all. You figure yeah. this, you look at him and you're like, what do you have? A horse-drawn carriage to take you through time? <laughs> that would have been better. Or a vampire? Maybe a flying coffin of some sort? No, it's a, a scooter. Yeah. So, uh, little, little P uh, is reminiscing about meeting Raldo when Big P uh, comes around and <laughs> swipes Raldo away and without realizing, like, oh, wait a second, you're me. This is my house. <laughs> this is my house. I lived I li- here. I lived here, yeah. And then we get a little uh, Bernie and Petra doing a tug of war of Raldo. And then Raldo's mm. like, fuck this shit. And just zaps them both in. And then who who shows up but uh, little Fifi's mother. And Petrofina says, this is, worth, this is worse than being arrested. This is my childhood. <laughs> and she wa- she watches as her mother berates her for like playing in the forest with this time shifter turtle and their their mm. butler is there like oh yes 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 whatever she says this um, reminds me so much of the pokemon episode holy matrimony we yes, yes, find yes, out absolutely. that james from team rocket had like a super rich upbringing where like his pet growlith had its own mansion <laughs> separate from the entire giant family mansion and it's just the twerps wandering around like really we're talking about the same james right like we know the same person you're his parents do you know what he's been up to yeah yeah it's a lot of that kind of attitude uh Mm -hmm. little petrofina obviously doesn't want this life because they're constantly trying to marry her off or arrange a marriage and she's mm. like, no, 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 no. I'm going to marry for love, if anything. And I'm going to just... marry this spooky man wearing two masks. <laughs> just watch, Mom. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Dino and Mike cap- capture Raldo in the catamaran. And then they hit her, hit, hit Raldo with the Petra stamp, which is a little like red pea with like a little, yeah. I think it's like little evil eyes in it. In the in the hole, yeah, in the like the center of the peas is an evil eye, and she stamps a time shifter with with this. Oh my god! I like hit something on my desk. It was so yeah. emphatic. She like stamps a time shifter's head with this, and then they transform into their con form. So this yeah. would become Raldo Con, which is a big, scary, evil version of themselves. But also, in rare circumstances, a time shifter can evolve into a master form, which is a you know that's their 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 Angemon. That's when they're like uh, <laughs> they're this big, maybe more humanoid, more powerful, more angelic, higher version of themselves that they can transform into for important battles. Yeah, it's it's their champion form. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Raldo Khan is like 
he's still like turtle, like high turtle, but he still is. He's like a um, he's like a spiked mace ball, but a turtle, and he shoots his little crystal spikes out. But yeah, so Rodalcon uh, is now fighting Flint and Marlock, and Flint's having a little bit of trouble. So the kids kind of show up. The kids didn't come with him, but they kind of remotely pilot the time cycle over to him and send out Elekin, who is like a little like he's another time shifter who's like a TV, and he's got like a little yeah. lightning bolt on his hand on his head and like little like yeah. cartoony gloves. Um, and then Elekin shapeshifts to Elekin Master, who is that but big? He's just a big TV <laughs> with, with huge cartoon gloves now. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they kind of square up with Raldo Khan. Meanwhile, uh... <laughs> Murloc. Murloc and Bendy are there. They're just standing in a tree watching all of this. And Bendy's like, maybe you should do something. And Murloc's like, I don't know. It's just harder to get motivated if Sarah's not here. <laughs> and then he sees little Fifi and he's like, that's that's a girl I could help. That I can do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a pretty girl for me to save. And I'm looking at Murloc and I'm like, how old are you? And I look at his face and I'm like, you might be 15. Like, uh, since you're a vampire who travels through time, I don't know how many years you've lived. But like, this might be like a, fi- a very a 15 year old boy wearing this weird, fussy, frilly suit with a cape. I don't I think, know. I think he's younger than that because I think Sarah and Tony are like 12. They're like large they're four, 12s. They're f- no, <laughs> they're, they're in eighth grade. I oh, think somewhere mentions they are in eighth grade. So they would be about 14. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they're, so yeah, they're 14. Yeah, I guess he could be like 15. He's probably about as old as the Lost Boys in the movie The Lost Boys. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good measuring stick. Uh, yeah. Like, older than the oldest brother and the littlest vampire. Yeah. That's a good movie. We gotta get to that one. <laughs> we will eventually. Halloween's quick approaching. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Little uh, Petra is, like, with her mom and her butler and their and her, her cat men guards who are trying to protect her. Right! They have the, the family guards look like cat people, and mm-hmm. they don't talk about this. This isn't no, why mentioned wasn't at all. But I wonder if this is like, like, that's how they're like their family, in addition to being legit royalty, also has some sort of Dr. Moreau powers where they like combine (laughs) animals and people. So they had cat guards. And then later she sees this little frog and an eel in a science lab. And she's like, oh, I can make them people. And then they'll be my henchmen. You can imagine this line is there, but it is not explained to you. Yeah. I, they must have like some kind of like gun other than the petrification ray. Like as a family, I don't know. They don't really talk <laughs> about it much. Right. It's not explained how Petra gets any of her stuff because it's clear that her and her two goons, none of them are scientists. They're not inventors. I don't know why they have anything. Yeah. I guess like the Dark Lord, just like if he's not a scientist, he uh, can get a hold of one through the you know, legal means or not. And he just makes this stuff. Yeah. For, for his girlfriend like uh here honey i love you i've got evil business to do here's your own cat mech that can travel through time <laughs> space go get me stuff yeah yeah 
But yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, little Petra is like breaking away from her mom and company to go and like stop like Raldocon, like to try and like talk him down, and it, it like isn't working. So she just slaps the shit out of him, <laughs> and Raldocon's like crying, and he's like, "Why would you hit me? That sucks." Uh, and Petrofina's like, well, I had to. You have to remember now. Look at me. Remember the good times. And she just kind of like mm-hmm. forces the, uh, you know, the good transformation, like remember who you are kind of trope. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of like resorts back. And then when that happens, the Petra stamp just kind of like dissolves and floats away off their head. And the, he yeah. turns back into Raldo and releases mm. uh, the Bernie who's been in there this whole time. <laughs> she just clapped it's just trapped in a crystal turtle backpack yeah and regular petrofina's like i've been defeated by myself no fair uh, defeated by the power of love gross <laughs> and then uh the, yeah i think they get blasted away again by flint and yeah and then mm. they they memory beam it and they they knock it away and then uh bendy flirts with murloc and murloc falls off of another yeah, tree branch again yes Yes, th- that does happen. So he's standing on a tree branch, and then the tree branch just abruptly snaps, and he like falls to the ground in like full splits, and there's like pain lightning bolts shooting at his crotch. And she asks him if he's okay, and there's this great line that I imagine is something the dubbers wrote for mm. the English version, and this isn't what he originally said in Japanese, because what he says is, I'm fine, but these lightning bolts kind of tickle. <laughs> That was a good bit, too. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, and yeah, and that was the the third episode of Flint the Time Detective. One final note is mm-hmm. that uh, we see that even though Petra's little, you know, young Petra, Fifi's like, I'm going to get away from this place. I don't want my parents to stick me in some arranged marriage. Her, par- her mom's still going through, like, all these envelopes of suitors, like other princes, you know, that she could marry. And they mentioned that one of them is Prince Apostolina from Greece. And mm-hmm. Steve Apostolina is the name of the writer on most of these episodes for the English version. Oh, that's nice. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, neat. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's Flint the Time Detective. Mel, what did you think? It's <laughs> I loved this show with such a, a bright but brief passion when I was 10 years old. Hadn't thought about it in years. Uh, well, 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 I would think about it, but I hadn't seen it. I had not, uh, sp- my, I hadn't gone very deep down memory lane with it. This was great to revisit. It's still, it's such a silly premise. What a wacky show. It's real brightly colored. It's not like, there's a lot of reused animation and like times when nobody's mouth is moving and there's just voiceover. It's not a show with a big budget behind it, but I like a lot of the character designs. I think the dub is pretty smartly written and well acted. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's so goofy. Yeah, we found this all on YouTube. I think there's only 39 episodes. I was looking at the list and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw all of these, but I barely remember anymore. I might watch this entire <laughs> thing. I need I to see that weird finale again. Yeah, I might just watch the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't i guess we did do that with cubics we watched the beginning and the ending yeah but i would like to do that more with other shows uh mm. but yeah uh yeah thank you so much for bringing uh Flint the time detective back to us uh this was a nice trip trouting down memory lane and it's it still holds up 
Mm-hmm. Look it up on YouTube or just Google Murloc and Bindi. Just look at those characters for me. We describe <laughs> them in detail, but I need you to see them. Uh, give us your thoughts on Flint the Time Detective and the character design. Uh, tweet at us at SaturdayMOPod or email us uh, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, Mel, this was your pick. So now it's my turn to pick what we're watching next time. Mel? Uh. Do you remember Butt Ugly Martians? Oh my god! <laughs> I remember it in name only. This is another one of those ugly CGI shows. So get ready yes. for that. Wow. Uh, yeah, I haven't picked the episodes yet, uh, but I'll let you know. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're watching next time. Stay tuned for Butt Ugly Martians for the next episode. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, it really helps us, helps us if you would uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh Give us a five-star rating review anywhere else. Leave a review. Take a picture of it. Screenshot it. Send it to us. We'll read it aloud on the show. It really helps people find us. If you have recommendations of things we should watch or you'd like to inquire about being a guest on the show, please contact us. Uh, contact us on Twitter, again, at SaturdayMOPod or on email at SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at JamsWilk. Mel? I am on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And you can listen to me on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. I'm on the media book club show, The Review Show, every week, talking out about a different movie, season of a TV show, a couple volumes of a comic, anything we can absorb in a week. And I'm on the weekly uh, nonsense chat show, The Captain's Log, we just talk about pop culture news, goofy anecdotes from our life. Sometimes we play games or, or eat food or something and review the food. You don't just hear us eat. That's not <laughs> the point of it. Grody. And we also have a feed called the Reactor Core, which is for brand new media. And as I'm recording this now, we've been recording a reaction episode every week to Loki, which is what inspired me to pick this. Stay on the theme of time travel, even though these are shows that treat time travel very differently. So yeah, go, go, that'll be wrapped up by the time you hear this, but if you want more thoughts on Loki from several weeks ago, you can go to that feed and hear me there. Yeah, go do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mel? I'm going to need you to relax and kick back, because it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Revive the fossils. They sure are strange looking. I'm not a fossil anymore. <laughs> Speaks English. Whoa. Dr. Goodman's formula included language data. It's rudimentary, but understandable. Where's my dad? Hey, what happened to my dad? Apparently, my formula only worked on you. I'm sorry, son. That rock is your dad. Uh, dad, come on! <laughs> What's gonna happen? Is his dad gonna be a rock forever? Yep. That's science! <laughs> Sarah, do something before the building caves in! Quiet now. There. I know you're upset. 
You're welcome to be part of our family, so don't be so sad. Who said anything about sad? Huh? Son, it's me, Dad! I'm in here! What's with the long face? Cheer up! I'm still your dad! And if I have to stay like this, I'll love you like a rock! I love you, Dad! All right, son. Let's do this later. <laughs>